If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about how to get started planning your Disney's fairy tale wedding or vow renewal at Walt Disney World. Whether you've been planning your Disney wedding in your head for years, or you just got engaged and discovered that Disney does weddings, we have the steps and tips that will set you on the path to your dream Disney's fairy tale wedding or vow renewal. My guest today is Sam Warnick, who was married at Walt Disney World just a few months ago. Welcome, Sam. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Today we're going to talk about Disney wedding pricing. We're going to talk about how to book a Disney wedding and what the planning process is like. But first, Sam, I'd love to have you tell my listeners a little bit about your own Disney wedding. We were originally a 2020 couple. We were supposed to get married November 13th, 2020. We went through the whole beginning of planning in late 2019, I guess was when we got our date and we went through that whole fun process with the pandemic and we ended up postponing it until November 12th, 2021. And it was probably for the best because we were able to have everything we wanted and we felt like everything was as good as it could be getting married in a pandemic. We had our ceremony at 9.30 at the wedding pavilion and we had our reception at California Grill and that was from 10.30 to 3.00. And then we had our dessert party at Sago Key from 6.30 to 8.30, I want to say, because we had fireworks from 8 to 8.30. And then we had food from 6.30 to 7.30. And then we had Mickey and Minnie come at 7.15. Because right now you can only have Mickey and Minnie come and not have pictures with masks on and an outside location. So we decided to have it outdoors. And it was honestly the best thing possible. That sounds fantastic. Okay, great. So if you're interested in how you can have a wedding like Sam had or customize it to what you've been dreaming about for years, let's get started talking about probably the most important part for most people, pricing. How does pricing work for a Disney's fairy tale wedding at Walt Disney World? The first thing to know is that there are no packages. So there isn't package A, B, and C where you choose one and it costs a flat amount and you get these 10 elements. Everything is done a la carte. But what this means is that you can customize it to exactly what you want instead of having a limo you can't use or a bouquet you don't like. So the way they do the pricing is they require you to spend a total amount, which they call the event minimum expenditure, and the total amount is based on your ceremony venue that you choose, the day of the week you choose, 
and the time of day you choose. So once you figure out those three things, you will find that each ceremony venue has its own fee, but that counts toward the event minimum. And these ceremony venue fees start at $3,500. So to find out how much your wedding is going to cost, you pick your ceremony, day of the week, time of day. You can look up in the Fairy Tale Weddings Guide the total event minimum expenditure, and then you can also look up what the venue fee is for the ceremony site that you chose. These are all in Chapter 1. When you get your number, your event minimum expenditure, and you want to figure out, okay, what's at bare minimum, what's this going to cost me? You take the event minimum, you subtract the ceremony venue fee because it counts toward the event minimum, and then that number that's left over is the amount you have to spend on anything else that Disney offers. Anything you can get from Disney will apply toward that event minimum. So let's look at an example. If you choose the wedding pavilion on a Friday at 5 p.m. for your ceremony, that has an event minimum of $25,000. Now, the ceremony venue fee is $6,000. So when you subtract that from the event minimum, you end up with $19,000 that Disney is going to require you to spend on anything else that they offer. So that's floral, decor, food, cake, transportation, entertainment, photography, videography, Everything, including fees, so like we said, the ceremony venue fee, if there's a venue fee for a reception venue that you choose, that's going to count. Basically, everything except tax and service charge will count toward that minimum. Now, Sam, how did you choose your ceremony venue and day of the week and time of day? When we originally were planning in 2019, we there was like a package. It was technically wishes, and you had to spend a certain amount in order to hit that package minimum. So we originally chose a Friday at 9.30 so we could easily hit that minimum. And obviously the wedding pavilion is absolutely gorgeous. I always dreamed of getting married in front of the castle. And technically you're getting married in front of the castle at the wedding pavilion. So it was just a dream come true. And every, my family, God love them. A lot of them were like, why do we have to go to Florida? Why can't you choose a venue in Maryland? And then when they walked inside the wedding pavilion, they were like, okay, I get it now. So we just basically chose because we fit within our budget. Then now that things have changed, we, for our 2021 wedding, we had to go to the event minimum and it actually saved us some money. We didn't have to spend nearly as much because the totals changed because we had a 930 ceremony. So It was definitely the best decision for us because it saved us a lot of money. We didn't have to spend as much for food and beverage minimum. And I personally didn't love wedding pavilion pictures at night because it's harder to see the castle. So having it bright and sunny, it just makes for gorgeous pictures. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of factors that are going to determine what time of day or day of the week you choose. But price definitely is a large one. So your event minimum is based off of which ceremony venue you pick, but you are able to add a full reception or what they call a celebration. So that will also apply to this event minimum. Now, a full reception is going to be an event that lasts three or more hours. Usually they're about four or five hours, but some of us, we had a three-hour reception. It was brunch. We didn't think we needed a ton of time. So you can do a shorter one if you want. 
The other option is to do what Disney calls a celebration. And this is an event that's only one or two hours long. It usually does not include time for like dancing and a lot of the traditional things that you think of at a wedding. But Disney is a very non-traditional wedding location. And a lot of people who get married there just want to have something to eat after they have their wedding, maybe see fireworks, have desserts in front of the fireworks. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But if you decide to add any kind of catered event, whether it's a full reception or just a celebration, there is a per person food and beverage minimum that you have to meet. So if you choose a brunch event, that's $140 you have to spend on each guest for your event. And brunch is triggered by having a ceremony at either 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 9.30 a.m. Now, if you're in Magic Kingdom or someplace where you have to get married at a weird time like 6.30 a.m., that's still going to count as brunch. They have a $175 per person food and beverage minimum if you choose lunch. And the only ceremony time that goes with lunch is noon. And then if you want to do dinner, that's a $210 per person food and beverage minimum. And that's tied to the ceremonies that occur at 2.30, 5 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. Now, if you decide you don't need a full reception, you just want to have a celebration, something fun, fast, and casual, that has a $75 per person food and beverage minimum. And it should be noted that these are considered walk-around events, which means there might not be seating for all of your guests, and you're not going to be doing something like sitting down and sawing into a steak. It needs to be finger food, something that you can balance on your lap while you eat. But it doesn't have to be desserts. It doesn't have to just be appetizers. There are a ton of different food options, and we talk about that in a lot of different episodes of the Disney Wedding Podcast. We had cheeseburger spring rolls and they were absolutely incredible. Like my grandfather, who is 85 years old, like he was just eating them constantly. He was like, these are so good. I love them. So definitely recommend them. They're honestly better than what you can get in the park at the dessert party. And we had nacho bar with pulled pork and nacho cheese and all the toppings and asked for barbecue sauce on top of the, so you can put it on top of the nachos too. Ooh. It's amazing. <laughs> and if you listen to this show enough, you'll know that I'm obsessed with the nacho bar, but it's because it's economical and it is a ton of food and it can be combined in a bunch of different ways. So maybe not just nachos, you can make it a tostada if you want. Like there are so many different options and it's such a great value for the price. So I'm a huge fan of a nacho bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you add a catered event that triggers this per person food and beverage minimum, that will be met by your cocktail hour, if you have one, sometimes people choose not to have one, we didn't have one, your reception, your cake, and your bar. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, $210 per person, I don't want to spend $210 on dinner, that actually includes the amount that you're going to be spending on drinks and cake. So you can tell Disney, okay, I have a $210 per person minimum, but I only want to spend $150 on the actual menu because the cost of my bar package and the cost of my cake per person adds up to $210. And Disney's chefs will work with you to customize your menu to reach that price point so that you can stay within your budget. So basically, there are a bunch of different ways you can do a Disney wedding. You don't have to have the traditional ceremony plus reception. You could just have your ceremony through Disney's fairy tale weddings and then go to a restaurant for a meal. And that's not a catered event. That doesn't trigger any food and beverage minimums. You book it on your own. You can eat anywhere you want. You could do a ceremony and then add just a celebration. So it could be cake and champagne directly after the ceremony and you do your cake cutting and you have your toasts and you do your first dances, but it's only about two hours. You don't have a full sit down meal. You just have light bites. 
or maybe instead you want to have a dessert party. So dessert parties are really popular at Disney's fairy tale weddings because you get a private reserved area in front of the fireworks. And these could be the Magic Kingdom fireworks where you would then have your reception at the Grand Floridian like Sam did or at the Contemporary. Unfortunately, they don't have any in-park locations for Magic Kingdom fireworks. Or you could do Epcot fireworks, which there are in-park locations. They're right on the water. It's a front row seat and your guests feel like VIPs because you're escorted directly into the park. Or you can even do Fantasmic. Now, as of this recording, Fantasmic isn't back yet at Walt Disney World, but when it comes back, they do have two areas at the back of the theater where you can do private events as your celebration. Now, if you want a traditional setup, Disney can totally accommodate. So you could do a ceremony and a full reception. And you can still add a dessert party if you want, or a welcome party, or anything like that. But you need to know that only the ceremony and the reception will count toward your event minimum expenditure. So if you are trying to stick exactly to that number, the dessert party would be an extra cost on top of that. Or if you don't want to have your ceremony at Disney at all, you can book just a reception through Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings. This option is especially popular with Catholic couples who want to get married in a church off property. They can still have a Disney wedding. The prices that you pay are based on the event minimum expenditure for Seabreeze Point if you have your reception at a resort, or the Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom if you have your reception inside a theme park. And that allows you to be more flexible. Maybe you just found an off-site place that has a cheaper ceremony like you did the math and it's going to be cheaper to have your ceremony at paddlefish and then do a full reception through disney's fairy tale weddings that's okay as long as you meet those per person food and beverage minimums and the event minimum expenditure and then as i mentioned on top of all of that there is a 25 percent service charge and 6.5 percent tax and these do not count toward your event minimum so if you are on a tight budget just remember that that's going to be an additional expense beyond what you pay to Disney. And if you have My Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, there is a self-calculating budget in the last chapter where you can put in exactly what you want for your wedding, and it's going to show you your customized price, including a breakout of how much you're going to pay in tax and service charge. So that'll help you stick straight to a budget. I think our service charge when we originally started planning was might have been like 22 23%. So I can't believe it's gone up that much. I know. And it's only applied to food and beverage and some audiovisual aspects of your wedding, but food and beverage is a huge chunk of the cost of your wedding. So that's definitely something you need to keep in mind. Definitely. I didn't realize how much it added up until I saw my total breakdown. Right. Yes. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute, about the budgets that you get and the breakdown. So probably at this point, you're asking yourself, okay, how do I control costs? I want to get married at Disney, but I need to do it for the minimum expenditure for the day that I want and the time and the ceremony venue. So these are my top tips for controlling the cost of your Disney's fairy tale wedding. The number one tip is to limit your guest list. This is the largest factor in how much your wedding is going to cost. Now, lately, this has been pretty easy because a lot of people haven't wanted to travel. So people who maybe invited 100 people to their wedding find that only 40 people are able to be there because it's in Florida and people don't want to get on a plane. But what a lot of Disney's fairy tale weddings couples do is they have a small wedding at Disney and then they have a large at-home reception later. And this doesn't have to be wedding number two. It doesn't have to mean you rent a ballroom and you get a DJ and all that. It could be a potluck at your parents' house. It could be something in the park. But it's something that gives your at-home guests a way to celebrate with you without requiring them to fly to Walt Disney World. And it also saves you money because you're paying for fewer guests at Walt Disney World. 
My side tip on this, this is one of my own personal tips, is that you will also save a lot of money if you limit the number of attendants you have because you will not have to pay for bouquets for all the bridesmaids, boutonnieres. You will not have to get them gifts. Sometimes people are really generous and they pay for hair and makeup for their bridesmaids. So limiting the number of attendants is also going to save you money. The next way that to save money is to have your wedding on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Those are the two cheapest days at Walt Disney World. And to have a brunch event. So a lot of times when people first start researching Disney weddings, this sounds really weird to them. And they're like, oh my gosh, who's going to come to a wedding on a Tuesday at noon? The thing to remember about Disney is that when people are there, they're on vacation. And when you're on vacation, day of the week, time of day, do not matter. They are not going to care if they're there for a whole week and on the Wednesday of their vacation, they get up for a 9 a.m. ceremony in Epcot because they are going to feel like total VIPs and get to do something that not everybody has gotten to do, which is attend a fabulous Disney's fairy tale wedding, perhaps with a private view of the fireworks, character appearances, things that they've never gotten to do before. You're not going to hear too many complaints from your guests if you are having a weekday wedding at Disney. Okay, so another way to control costs for your Disney's fairy tale wedding is to just do your ceremony and then have a dining reservation someplace or maybe add a dessert party, as we mentioned. So, for example, the cheapest Disney's fairy tale wedding available at Walt Disney right now is an event minimum expenditure of $7,500. And that is triggered by a ceremony site with a $3,500 ceremony fee. So, if you subtract that from the minimum, that leaves you $4,000 to spend on everything else for your wedding. So so the cheapest locations are, most of them are at the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian. There's one located at Crescent Cove, which is the smaller beach at the Yacht and Beach Club. But if you pick one of those locations and you pick a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you will get this lowest minimum expenditure of $7,500. And what you could have for that is your ceremony for $3,500 and then take the other $4,000 and spend it on, of course, things like floral and decor if you want them, but you could spend it on a pretty pretty great dessert party inside Epcot or at the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary. You would have plenty of food, you would get to see the fireworks, and it would be an experience that your guests would never forget. For our dessert party, we originally were supposed to have Christmas fireworks, and then when they announced that they were having the 50th anniversary fireworks, our whole plan was basically changed. Um, obviously, with COVID, things had to change too. We were able to have Mickey and Minnie come there. It was a tight fit, I will say, but it was really nice to have him there and be able to have pictures of that mask on. Like my father-in-law, he is not a huge Disney fan, but he jumped up and got pictures of Mickey and Minnie and were smiling in these pictures and it was worth it. So I, my suggestion is if you don't want to take time out of your reception and you can add extra time to your dessert party without spending more money, I would not recommend adding another half hour to an hour for food. It's not worth it. But if you can make it to where it's after food service, I would recommend having Mickey and Minnie come there because I... Our reception was three hours, and it felt like it was over in an instant. So I think that adding more time to our day and, and having Mickey and Minnie come to the dessert party did not take time away from our overall reception. You had an interesting experience because if you do a dessert party inside a park, you cannot have characters come because it happens during park hours and Disney won't let characters appear at private events when other guests can see them. So that's great that you were able to have them because you were at a resort. You were able to have them come to your dessert party. Yes. The whole reason we didn't have an Epcot dessert party was because it was a Friday during food and wine. So it's pretty much impossible to have dessert party on a Friday during food and wine. So we just decided to have Magic Kingdom fireworks. And I really think it was worth it 
because I don't think my grandfather would have had a good time walking through the park after the end of the day. But for other people, it may work out perfectly. And do I wish I had a, an opportunity to have a ride mix in for my guests? Yes. But for us, it was the best possible solution because I love being able to walk out of my villa to five minutes to dessert party. And then when I was done, being able to walk back and go to bed. <laughs> That's awesome. And Sam mentioned ride mix-ins. A ride mix-in is something you can add to any event you do that's inside a park as long as it times out with the beginning or ending of the ride's operating hours. So say you're in Epcot and you watch the fireworks, which happen right when the park closes, and then you and your guests can be escorted over to one of the rides and you get a private ride for just your group. You're like the last people to ride the ride of the day. Now, if you had a morning ceremony in Epcot and it timed out where the ride was just opening after your ceremony, you could do the same thing. And it's a lot cheaper than what they call a ride buyout, which is you have an event in the park and you pay $10,000 to keep Tower of Terror running throughout your whole Tower of Terror event. So a ride mix-in is only $20 per person. And so that's a great way to incorporate a ride for your guests, but not have to spend an arm and a leg. Yeah, definitely. And I even asked if there was something we could do to have a ride mix-in and they said no. And it was perfectly fine for what we needed. And maybe I'll have a vow renewal. Hint, hint, husband. <laughs> I highly recommend vow renewals. They are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Now, maybe you're hearing all these numbers and you're thinking, okay, I just want to take bridal portraits inside Magic Kingdom. What is the cheapest cost I can do this for? And that is because Disney has recently limited who is allowed to take pre-park opening portraits inside any of their theme parks at Walt Disney World. It used to be only Magic Kingdom was reserved for Disney's fairy tale weddings couples. Now you have to be having some kind of Disney's fairy tale weddings event, whether it's a vow renewal or a wedding in order to qualify for these portrait sessions where they take you into the park before it opens and you spend an hour getting portraits in your bridal attire in front of the castle and all the different fun locations. So if you are saying, okay, I have to have a Disney's fairy tale wedding in order to get these portraits, what's the cheapest I can do it for? $7,500 is the cheapest event minimum expenditure now at Walt Disney World, but you also qualify if you do a Disney Cruise Line wedding, and their wedding packages start at $3,500. Now, of course, you also have to figure in your cruise fare on top of that, so you would probably need to do a three-day cruise and be on the cheap side, but... It is possible if you can't afford the $7,500 plus the $2,600 that the Magic Kingdom Bridal Portrait Session costs, you might be able to save money by having your wedding or your vow renewal on the cruise line. And then the next time you're at Walt Disney World, because you have a year to book the portrait session, you can do your portraits. Sam, did you guys do a in-park portrait session? Yes, it was honestly one of my favorite parts of the entire process obviously other than marrying my husband we opted to have switzer world come with us to do our park shoot and it was just such an amazing opportunity to have i can't wait to see the video of us just walking through magic kingdom walking through main street with all the christmas lights they are amazing at what they do so i know that the, the video will be absolutely incredible so that's probably what I'm most excited for. Honestly, I'm excited more about the video than I am the pictures. But I am really excited for having the pictures because they're going to be amazing to have hanging on your wall. We did Epcot and Magic Kingdom. We got picked up around 545 from the Grand Floridian and we had Jaime as our photographer. We walked through Main Street backstage and walked up through the castle and you have an opportunity to do different routes. So say one route was 
Be Our Guest, Ariel's Grotto, and I think the other one includes um, Belle's, what is that called? Oh, yeah, the Storytime Place. <laughs> yeah, I include that. You could have that, or you could do another route that has like Haunted Mansion, Pirates, all of that fun stuff. So we originally chose um, the one that has Be Our Guest and Ariel's Grotto. We ended up staying the whole time in front of the castle, and it's actually funny because I was very anti-50th anniversary in general. Like, I, I was so upset that we were getting married on the 50th anniversary because of the decorations and the fact they painted the castle. I was just so bitter about it. And then now the fact that we were in the park and getting pictures with all of the decorations, like, and I'm just so excited about it. It honestly is a lot more beautiful in person. So you will not regret it. And like my husband said, who else are, is going to have these amazing pictures with the 50th anniversary on the castle? Like, it's just, it's so incredible. And my favorite part of the whole park shoot, per se, was we were standing in the tunnel underneath the castle and we were doing a video clip, I think. And all of a sudden, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes started playing. And it just came full circle for me right then and there. And it made me so emotional. To th- it makes me emotional just thinking about it. And it was such an incredible experience. My husband, he is not a huge Disney lover, but he had the best time. He said, okay, this was worth the money. I know it seems like a lot of money, but if you can have an in-park portrait session do it. It is the most incredible experience of your entire life. That's fantastic. And I have an entire episode about in-park portrait sessions and a whole section of my book about them, about how much they cost, about the routes. Only Magic Kingdom has different routes you have to choose. The other parks, they aren't as popular, so they don't double or triple book photo sessions. So you can shoot pretty much anywhere that you can get within one hour. But again, all of that is in Carrie Hayward's Fairytale Weddings Guide and in the park portrait session episode of the podcast. So if you're looking at all this and you're thinking, okay, maybe I can afford this. How do I know if I can afford this? The best thing to do is to make a sample budget in Excel or to use the one in Carrie Hayward's Fairytale Weddings Guide, which is completely interactive if you have the ebook version. You can go through the guide and get the prices for all the things you want. You plug them in, your guest count, exactly what you want for your wedding, and it's going to tell you how much that will cost you. And so from there, you can tweak it to see if you can get down within the budget that you need. Okay, so let's talk about booking. Once you've decided, okay, we think we can do this, a Disney wedding is actually more affordable than we thought it would be, how does the booking process work? First of all, the window for booking depends on what type of an event you're having. So if you want to have a wedding or a vow renewal with a full three-hour or longer reception, you can contact Disney 16 months before the date you want to start working with them, and you can book 12 months before the date you want. If you only want to have a ceremony or you want to have a ceremony with just a celebration, like a dessert party or a cake and champagne celebration, you can contact them 12 months out and you can book at 10 months out. When you contact them, you basically just tell them your interest and they do what's called penciling in, which means they write down that you're interested, but you haven't booked anything. You can't book anything till 12 months out. And that's because some locations are so popular that there is a lottery process for who gets them. However, usually it's only the wedding pavilion and only on super popular days like Saturday. Or if the date is like 02-22-22 or something like that, where a ton of people want to get married that day. So you don't have to worry too much about the lottery unless that is your situation. If you want an in-park event, usually no problem getting those. Any of the resorts, no problem with those. 
So then the way the timeline works is after you have contacted them, when you approach the 12 month or the 10 month mark where you're able to book, you need to remind the wedding sales consultant you're working with that that's what you want to do. Right now, Disney is so understaffed following the COVID closures that everything is taking a lot longer because they have fewer people to work on weddings. So they may not remember that you called four months ago and asked for this spot. So definitely contact them as you get very close to your 12-month mark. The first time you contact them, it might actually take a week or two to hear back. So right now, email is the best way to contact them. So if you email them and you don't hear back within a week or two, you might want to email again. So far right now, they seem pretty good at responding to people who are interested in booking. So once your booking date has come, your 12 months or your 10 months from the date that you want, they will temporarily hold the locations, date, and time that you want while they work on your contract, which Disney calls a letter of agreement. Right now, it is taking them up to two months to assemble people's letters of agreement. Usually it's much quicker, but again, right now they're super understaffed. So If you've been waiting, you called them on your 12-month date and you haven't heard back yet, don't worry, they're not going to give away your locations or your times. It's just taking them a while to get your actual contract pulled together. So there's a hold on everything until you get your letter of agreement. Then you will have two weeks to sign and return it. So that's the window that you need to act within in order to make sure they don't release your dates and your time. When you return the letter of agreement, they require you to make a deposit. So if your event minimum is $10,000 or less, your deposit is $2,000. If your event minimum is over $10,000, your deposit is $4,000. And if you're having a Magic Kingdom event, your deposit is $10,000. So in 2019, when we originally were planning our wedding, I reached out to them in July. I heard back the day after um, the date for a year in advance, they were supposed to be married on. And so I want to say it was November 14th, 2019. And then I I got my letter of agreement early January, so it was very, very quick. This time around, with after COVID, it was maybe a month and a half, but I knew that my date and time were already secured, and I wasn't worried about that, and I had already paid the deposit before, but I would make sure that your letter of agreement is exactly how you want it before you pay your deposit, because nobody wants to put a deposit down for something that isn't correct, so definitely recommend that. Great. So after you have signed your letter of agreement, the way the planning process works right now, you're actually not going to be assigned your event planner until between three and six months out from your date. So I know this sounds crazy because in the real world, people will plan weddings for two years and they will have an event planner the entire time. Disney used to start planning with you about 12 months out, but because they are so understaffed, they don't have enough people. So in that interim between when you sign your letter of agreement and when you are assigned a specific event planner, you can ask questions by emailing this general email address that goes to all the planners, which is www.dftw for Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings, dot planner at disney.com. And whenever you send an email to that general address, be sure that you include the reference number from your letter of agreement in the subject, because that will make it very easy for anybody to answer your question because they can look up your event really quickly and then they can answer your questions. So between three and six months out, you will be assigned an event planner. You will be able to do a virtual planning session sometime in that time frame. So they do these over Zoom now. 
And then if you are having a full reception, so that's a reception of three hours or more, you will be invited to a menu tasting at Walt Disney World about two to three months before your date. It changes, but depending on how busy they are, you will get an invitation and you can go to, it's a group event, so there will be other couples there and they have a set menu. You don't get to pick specific things you want to try, but it's still a good way to try some of their most popular stuff. And at past events, there have been teams of event planners there who can instantly access your BEO, which we're going to talk about in a minute. It's the Bible of your day. And so if you try something at the menu tasting and you think, oh, I really like this. I want to add this to my menu. They can pull up your BEO and they can put it in your menu on the spot. Now, 90 days before your event, the event minimum expenditure is due. And this stresses people out because Disney is taking so long to get people their BEOs. It's the banquet event order. And it's this huge document that is the Bible of your entire day. It shows every single thing that's happening. So sometimes people get stressed out because they haven't gotten one of those yet, but Disney wants their event minimum expenditure. However, that amount is fixed based on your contract. So it doesn't matter what kind of stuff you've added to your BEO, you will always pay the same amount. So you don't need to have a BEO in order to make the 90-day event minimum expenditure payment. The next thing that happens is you will get your BEO about 45 days before your event. This is a lot shorter a timeline than it used to be or should be. But again, they're just handling all the canceled weddings from during COVID that are now happening during 2022. They have fewer planners. So it's taking them until 45 days before your event to get you your first BEO. Again, this is the Bible of your day. It's this huge, complicated, super hard to read document that I think I'm actually going to do an entire episode about how to read your BEO because it can be very hard for someone who's not an event planner to read. But if you go over it with a fine tooth comb, you will see all of the details of your day and you can make sure that they're correct. Everything from the spelling of your name to who has a dietary restriction at your reception and needs a special meal to when you want to have your cake cutting. All of that is in this document. So about 45 days before your wedding, you will get that. And then you can go back and forth because there will be many revisions to your BEO. It's supposed to be finalized 30 days before your event. However, due to the way things are going right now at Disney's Fairytale Weddings, it could be a lot closer to your event than that. I don't want to scare you, but there have been people whose BEOs were not finalized until just days before their event. Again, if you're listening to this episode a year from now, Hopefully they will have hired more planners. Hopefully they will have fewer weddings and things will be back on the original timeline, which you will find in Carrie Hayward's Fairytale Weddings Guide. But I also do talk in the book about this new shortened timeline. And then on the actual day of your event, you will not see your planner. You will see an experience team, which is a group of people, two to three other associates who will actually handle the day of coordination of your event. And that is why it is so important that your BEO says everything that you want. It's spelled out exactly because that's what they are using to coordinate your day. So they are going to look at your BEO and whatever's in there is what they're going to do. So if you check out an episode I recorded recently called Wedding Planning Process Updates, that talks in detail about the way things are going right now at Disney's Fairytale Weddings and how it works when you're planning your wedding. And I also have all of this information in Chapter 1 of the Fairytale Weddings Guide. Sam, how did the planning process work out for you? I feel like my process for me is a little different because we did almost have our wedding in 2020. So we were about two months out from the day when we postponed so I had my BEO already done. I had the floor already done. Most of the things were already done. 
So when we postponed, we just took our BEO from 2020 and put it in 2021 and made changes as necessary. So we were lucky enough to have our planning session at five months and we got our BEO within weeks because Carol, who was the one in charge of it, she is absolutely incredible. So no complaints with her. She is so quick. It, don't have any worries with her. And then we went back and forth multiple times. I want to say we finalized it probably 30 days out, but I have seen where people aren't as lucky and they've, like you said, they've gotten it the day or two before. And sure, it may seem super scary, but they have it down pat. They will make sure it's worked out perfectly and you'll be taken care of it. My biggest recommendation for anybody planning a Disney wedding is to have patience. It may seem like the end of the world when they don't respond to you within two days. But like Carrie said, they are so overworked that they just don't have the capability to respond to you if, and they have to prioritize. So there may be times where they don't respond to you within a week or two. It's okay. Once you get closer to your date, the communication will get better. That's a really good point. And if you are someone who gets very stressed out by this and you do want more of a full service planning experience, you might want to consider something other than a Disney's fairy tale wedding. They have locations on property like the Four Seasons, the Swan and Dolphin, Paddlefish. Those places, they have lower demand and so you get more personalized service. So if it's really important to you to have hand-holding and great communication every step of the way, you want to start planning one or two years out, you might want to consider doing your wedding at one of those locations just due to the circumstances Disney is handling right now. So my last piece of advice would be to check out my fairy tale weddings guide. And this is because it is a 234 page guidebook that has all the answers that you aren't going to be getting from Disney until much closer to your date. So if you're wondering how something works or what something costs, chances are you'll be able to look it up in the guide and get your answer immediately. It's comprehensive and it has current pricing. I just released an update yesterday because Disney changed some of the event minimums and the ceremony venue fees. So anytime a major update like that happens, I'm able to update it within a week or less and you will get free updates if you purchase the ebook version. So you can just go back into your account, download the newest guide and you have all the latest prices. There's also that budget worksheet I mentioned that's going to calculate your personalized cost, including tax and service charges. So that's another thing Disney's not super great with and never has been. They are good at giving you sort of general estimates about how much a typical wedding costs, but to find an exact cost, they will not give you that. And that was one of the reasons I wrote the guide was that I had to sign a contract before knowing how much my wedding was actually going to cost. So you can use this worksheet to find out before you sign the contract if you can actually afford what you're thinking of for your wedding. There are also 52 other bridal organizer pages, so places to keep track of your guest list, how much you're spending on your beverage package, what you want the DJ to play. All of that stuff is in the organizer, and it's tailored to Disney weddings because there are a lot of unique things about Disney weddings, and there are a lot of things that you don't have to worry about with a Disney wedding that you would with a regular wedding. So I wanted to make an organizer that's tailored to a Disney wedding rather than generic with a bunch of stuff you don't need. I also have tons of money-saving tips throughout the guide and in lists at the end of chapter one. There's a whole chapter on alternative venues at Disney. So like I said, if you want to get married on Disney property, but you want to have a more personalized experience or spend less money, there are other hotels and restaurants on site that offer weddings, and I have information about those. 
I have a whole section on private and group dining. Like if you're just going to do a ceremony and you want to make a reservation, maybe you want to use a private room but not go through Disney's fairy tale weddings. I have all of that in a chart in chapter 10. You'll also learn about every step of the planning process. And there's a whole chapter at the end on honeymoons and anniversaries. So if you're going back and you want to do something special to celebrate your wedding, I have a lot of great ideas in that chapter about what you can do. For money-saving tips, one of the things I saw in your book was the outside photographer. I cannot recommend an outside photographer enough. It saved me so much money. And I was able to find somebody that had the style that I liked. Um, and then I also started a relationship with them. So I felt like I knew them the day of instead of just meeting another stranger. Um, and that probably saved us a couple thousand dollars. And the pictures are absolutely beautiful. Another money-saving tip is to take a bottle of water off of your BEO. They can use pitchers of water or just fountain water. And it's not necessary. It just will cost you extra money that you don't need to spend. Another money-saving tip would be to use outside transportation if you do not have in park ceremony. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I have a lot of tips like that in chapter one, because there are certain little things that I learned during my planning and that I've learned from other couples I've interviewed over the 10 years that I've been doing this podcast, little things that Disney might not mention, or that maybe they think that everybody wants, but not everybody does. And if you cut them, you can save a lot of money. Sam, do you have any last tips you would say for anyone who's interested in planning a Disney wedding? So a tip that I think that people should remember is when you're having your day, you're going so fast, pictures are being taken, you have no clue what is specifically being taken. What we did after our dessert party is we planned a resort session around the Grand Floridian with David and Vicki, who were our photographers, who are incredible. And we got these amazing shots. Like there's one of us in front of the kiddie pool that has the um, bucket that falls over the water falling down in the background. That was incredible. The ones of us on the staircase. If you want those specific shots, book a separate session so you can know that you would definitely have those. Yeah, that's a great tip. I always recommend anyone who's interested in photography or if photography is one of your top priorities for your day, definitely book plenty of photography because you will have those memories forever when you have them captured in photos. Definitely. Photography and videography, I'd say, are the most important things that you need to budget for. I mean, I will not lie. I spent a lot of money on my videographer, but they are absolutely incredible people. Their customer service is amazing. Their work is amazing. And I know I'm going to have those memories with us forever. And then also the pictures, my husband, he complained horribly about how much you were spending for video and for pictures before the wedding. Now he it just randomly looks at pictures and sends me a text saying like, I love this picture. It's my favorite. And he looks back on it often. You think you may not look back on it often, but you have such unique pictures if you have a Disney wedding that you will look at it all the time. You'll you'll talk about it with people. People will get so excited for you. And it's so nice to have it look back on because I don't remember 95% of my day. That's a great tip. And for other tips from other couples who have had Disney's fairy tale weddings, check out the past episodes of the Disney Wedding Podcast. These are available on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, which will get you started with planning your vow renewal or your wedding at Walt Disney World. Sam, I want to thank you so much for all the great tips and advice you've offered today. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. 
Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. Ever tried reading while jogging, cooking, or even juggling flaming torches? Yeah, doesn't end well. But with Audiobooks.com, you can conquer books without the circus act. Dive into over 450,000 titles, including more than 10,000 free ones. Get hooked on a bestseller, find your next obsession, or finally read that classic you've been avoiding since high school. And here's the inside scoop. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and snag your first three audiobooks on the house. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.